The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. I'm Danny Lipford, along with my co-host, Joe Truini. A lot of things to share with you during this hour, including pesky roof leaks. How do you find a roof leak, whether it's a shingle roof, metal roof, what are some of the simple ways that roofers use to find leaks in your house? We'll tell you a few tricks there that might allow you to save a little money on that. Also, more discussions about concrete resurfacing. Almost every week, we come up with something, but still, people are very curious, and we have a homeowner that really needs some help on making a slab look a little bit better. We'll share that with you as well. House settling. When do you know it's severe. You know, you see cracks and little settling here and there, but when is it severe? We'll talk about that. We've got a lot of emails we're going to get to. And of course, Joe, what about that simple solution? Give us a little tease what we can expect in just a little bit. Well, talking about concrete, I've got a quick tip on how to drill holes in concrete. A lot easier than the technique you might be using right now. Boy, I'll tell you, that can be so frustrating. Uh, You know, it's just like buying masonry bits. Right. Um, Yeah. You don't, I don't buy a bit. I buy bits because right. you're going to burn them up. You're going to burn the thing up <laughs> right away. And you're going to drill into the very innocent-looking concrete, and just below the surface is a rock. And you're or going trying to go right through the rock or rebar or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that simple solution. It, it may change my life. Oh, it may make well, me that's, a better that's person. why I'm here. That's why I'm here, <laughs> trying to change your life. <laughs> yeah, well, we want to we want to help you with anything that you're dealing with around your house, and we do that each and every week here on today's Homeowner Radio. So what you need to do is think of a problem, think of something you need an opinion on or, you know, a solution to, and send us an email at todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or you can pick up the phone and call the Today's Homeowner hotline, 800 946 4420. Got some fantastic calls on the hotline this week. Matter of fact, we're going to tackle a few of those right now. I have a deck at the New Jersey shore right near the water, and we have stainless steel nails which were put down, and they became rusty. Is there anything I can do to clear up the rust? Joe, do you think they were really stainless steel screws, or do you think maybe they were coated? You know, I don't know a lot about screws, but um, yeah. I, I assume there's solid stainless steel, and then right. I assume there may be some kind of coated stainless steel, possibly. Yeah. Well, he's saying stainless steel nails, which are even more unusual. Oh, uh, this must yeah. be a relatively old deck if they're not stainless steel. But the thing is, stainless steel, there are different grades of stainless steel. That's right. It's like there are different grades of pretty much every other material. So there is, um, and stainless steel is expensive, by the way, especially if you get mm-hmm. the really good grade. So if these are nails as opposed to screws, but I guess it doesn't matter, you know, so these nails are already down and I assuming they're set, there's really not much you could do. If they were, if it was a piece of stainless steel that was exposed, you could sand it and put, you know, get the, get the rust off. But these, I'm almost sure these are set below the surface, Danny. So what are you supposed to do? I don't think there's anything you do. You don't want this rust staining the deck, which is probably is what's happening. So um, the only thing I could suggest is dry out. Like if it's, as long as it's good and dry with it, screw the nail head is below the surface is you know you can fill it with 
I'm not even sure what you'd use. It wouldn't be Bondo, maybe some clear silicone or something, just kind of seal it to keep the water out. I mean, I'm not, not sure what else you could do. Yeah. I mean, if it's below the surface and you have a little bit of room for some putty, you could use some type of putty that would match the color of the wood, whether it's painted or not. If it's to where you can get, say, I mean, this would take forever, but if you had a little Dremel tool that you could actually grind the rust off the top of it, clean it, and then actually spray it with a sealer. And, um, you know, I I don't know how many times I've taken a paper plate and put a small hole in it and put it over you know, a, a screw like that and just spray a little urethane on top of it. Uh, I mean, it's all about cosmetics. As long as the screws or the nails are not turning loose, then you don't have a safety hazard. But uh, it's just a way of getting rid of that. And of course, you know, some of the rust away and some of the things like that sure. can be used, but that'll only temporarily do it. You still may need to use that to get rid of it, clean it, and then spray something that will seal it and keep the moisture from coming through that. But this time of the year, a lot of people are thinking about those decks and how you can sure. improve them. So hopefully we helped our friend with uh, his his deck on the New Jersey shore. Let's go to another call on the today's Homeowner Hotline. I have my front flower bed. I want to put it in with stone. And I was wondering, should I uh, put mulch or uh, a material blocker under it first before I put the stone on it to help keep the weeds out or just put the stone in and then spray it every year if I get weeds? Well, you might have to do both because uh, the landscape fabric that you're speaking of would be strongly recommended um, to grade the ground um, as it is now, remove any kind of vegetation that you can possibly get rid of, pull it out, roots and all, and and throw it away, and put the fabric down um, as flat as you can, put the stones on top of it, and that's your best chance on weed control. Then, you know, adding, adding, you know, all of the stone as thick as you can in there that'll um, kind of choke out any weed growth. However, you're going to have some weeds that they're pretty tenacious, so you're going to have some that'll sneak through there, um, and then you can use uh, a lot of um, a lot of different ways. You know, we've recommended using just pure boiling water. Get that tea kettle going and pour it directly on those weeds. But Joe, I remember when you mentioned about the Epsom salts that time. Boy, we had a zillion phone calls, very interested um, listeners about using um, that kind of homespun formula. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Epsom salt. You know, most people think of it as, you know, a medicinal aid, soak in a bath. But if you read the label or go online and check uses for Epsom salt in your garden, you will see lists and lists of it. And there's lots of ways to use it. Absolutely kill weeds. But, yeah, I think you have to put down landscape fabric, something underneath there. If weeds grow through that, then not through it, but on top of it. I mean, that may happen. But uh, yeah, this is our only opportunity to do that, right? You want to spread stone out and then realize, oh, I should have done something. Mm-hmm, exactly right, but you take care of those precautions, and you'll 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 be ahead of the weed problem. Let's grab one more call from the today's homeowner hotline. Got a question? We're having a lot of air conditioning hot spots on our second level. Wanting to know what you think about uh, duck booster fans and what you would recommend for one. Thank you. Well, uh, um, I have used those before in unique situations. My, primarily, it's been situations where the run of the duct is fairly long. Let's say you're trying to tap into your existing air-conditioned heating system and running it out to an enclosed garage or some other bedroom or something that's further away. But, you know, you really need to get an air-conditioning pro in there. And I would interview 
them. Not everybody's the same on that is, you know, have you worked at balancing existing residential air conditioning systems? Because a lot of times in a situation like this, you may simply be getting more air than you need in one area of your home, maybe downstairs, and you need to divert more of it to the upstairs. A little bit of balancing like that and some manual dampers within your existing ductwork many times will boost areas when you need it. Uh, but what I would do is make sure you took some really good notes for that air conditioning contractor to say, okay, this room I have problems with. This one, we're good. You really need to almost write that down for them because, uh, you know, you're used to the problems, but when they walk in, they've never been there before. It's a strange house, and the more you can tell them about the behavior of it, the more they're able to recommend something. And then it may be that the booster fan is needed, but there's a lot of other cheaper, more effective ways than doing that. And uh, we hear that a lot, Joe, in these situations do, yeah. where people have one one air conditioning system, but they have a two-story house, that's not very common anymore. Normally, you've got one system for each level of living. Yeah, that's right. Or someone has remodeled the house, added onto it, and they didn't upgrade the air conditioning system, which was designed for a smaller house. And they do have, those, boost, those um, duct booster fans are effective. You know, they're, they're in line, they put them in the duct themselves. They're also more affordable ones that actually fit into the register right in the room. Now, That's right. you know, they're only about 80 bucks and they, they'll blow there. But obviously, if the air isn't reaching that, and by the time it reaches it, it's warm, then I'm not sure how effective these are. Um, but that's another option. So I would I would ask for both the inline duct ones and the um, the register ones, the ones that fit into the registers. Yeah, a, you know, several different options there. And hopefully the, the, the pro can come out and kind of balance that system. It'll be a real simple solution to that whole problem. So that everybody can stay nice and cool this summer. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, we're going to give you a few tips on how to find a roof leak. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show that's heard coast to coast on some amazing stations like this one in Rome, New York. W-K-A-L-A-M 1450. A hello to everybody here in and around New York. Get some wonderful calls throughout the state there. And uh, we want to help you with any challenge that you might be having. You know what to do. Pick up the phone. 800-946-4420 or send us an email anytime at todayshomeowner.com slash ask right now we're going to go back to the hotline and pick up another call we got this week hey i was trying to figure out the best way to find and stop a roof leak in a metal roof well he, he's right the most difficult part is going to be finding it not stopping yeah. it I, I suspect well that that's true you know you th think about a, i remember a roofer i used to talk to a long time ago and he says well the way i find a roof leak is i try to think like a raindrop <laughs> oh, okay. Say <laughs> so he would drop himself on the roof, roll down the <laughs> and roof. Roll, and, and roll down and find a, a place to hide. Uh, I guess the truth to that is you do need to think about what happens when it rains very hard because rain doesn't necessarily just drop straight down. It can get a little horizontal sometimes. It can get a little assistance from the wind that will blow it into places that you wouldn't ordinarily think the rain goes. So 
One way that I have found many, many leaks is to um, – um, now, this is all assuming that the leak is showing up somewhere in the house and that you have access to it through the attic space. So if you're able to get up in the attic, of course, this time of the year, you'd sure want to do it early in the morning, um, a night, nice, bright flashlight. You want the best flashlight you can. You want to take your time. You don't want that foot to slip off that ceiling joist and, and go right through uh, the drywall ceiling. So you want to take it easy on that. And uh, might even be worthwhile slip in the earbuds to someone out with that the, the same on the outside so that you can talk on your phones while the water is being sprayed on the roof. Then you take, um, you know, a ladder or some way to access the roof and you get in, you know, near the problem area and then you don't spray it all at one time. You start down low and spray it and try to make it leak. Okay, then the person inside says, move it up. So you move up a couple feet and you spray it for a little bit and you try to make it leak and try to isolate exactly where the roof uh, leaks coming in. Then you keep moving up, moving up, and then you look at uh, sidewall flashing, uh, places that are prone to leak, roof jacks, um, any kind of exhaust fan, ductwork, um, cap, uh, anything along those lines, ridge venting, different areas, and you just spray and spray and just real diligently and patiently spray that while the person inside with the bright light is looking everywhere they possibly can for the leak. It's so often the leak will just suddenly appear and you realize, oh, okay, well, that's hidden by this overlap but it's still a hole, and then you can find exactly what you need to do, let it dry, and then address it with the proper roof sealant. But um, uh, it's it, and, and essentially, that's the same, Joe, whether you've got a metal roof or whether you have um, a shingle roof um, is just to try to isolate exactly where it is, and then you can find out exactly what you need to do to repair it. Yeah, in this case, we don't know if it's a metal roof with exposed fasteners or hidden fasteners. More and more roofs are hidden, um, but with the exposed fasteners, there are lots of screw heads that are exposed to the weather, and it might be something as simple as that. But the other thing is, yet yeah, you'll discover, as I did the first time I found a roof leak, is the leak isn't, not only isn't it always, it's almost never directly above where you see the damage. So if you have like a, let's say a water stain on a ceiling in a in a bedroom, Chances of it leaking directly above that stain is pretty rare. Usually it's higher up and the water drips through, it hits a rafter maybe, and it runs down the rafter till it eventually drips down. So um, that's the other thing that can be a little tricky is sometimes people will see the stain, they'll look right above and they'll check that and they'll spray it with water and, and they'll realize there's no leak there and they can't figure it out. Well, that's because the leak is higher up on the roof. So don't don't be um, don't think that the hole or whatever the leak is is directly above where the stain is. And also, um, chimney flashing, that's another good place to check. Mm -hmm. That would be just too easy. If a uh, leak oh, here, course. look up, oh, there's a hole in the thing. <laughs> even, though, even though that did happen uh, about a year ago um, in our um, in one of our tool rooms at our uh, studio, right. uh, all of a sudden there was water there. And so um, I had the guy that worked for me. To, I said, just get up directly above this. You know, it's a metal roof, so it's fairly flat. Right. And uh, just get up there. And uh, he came back with a picture, there was a clear hole. I mean, a hole right right through the entire thing. I said, well, where did that hole come from? How, how could that be? There's no trees around there. Right. He goes, it's a bullet. So a Someone actual, shot a hole through your roof? Actual bullet. Well, you hear about people um, more, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand it, but, you know, 4th of July, you've right. got, you know, um, New Year's Eve, and, well, I don't have any fireworks, but, hey, I've got a gun. I'll just go shoot a gun in the air. <laughs> I don't. 
don't Where understand that. Where do they think that. the bullet goes? To the it, moon it, or something? It goes yeah. straight up and straight down. And yeah. apparently that happened. Wow. And, and then um, I said, well, I can't, you know, it's hard to believe. So I'm looking and looking at it and looks just like it. And then, boom, right in front of me is the bullet. Did it go all the way through to the ground floor? All the way through. And then it was wow. laying on the shelf in the um, in, in the storeroom. Wow. And uh, so, you know, crushed, um, I don't right. know, thir yeah. 38, 9 million, or I don't know what it was. But yeah. uh, but it made a nice clean hole right through that roof. <laughs> and then we, so hopefully you don't experience that. That is actually the second time I have found a bullet in a roof like that. And uh, just kind of weird. Do you have armed squirrels in Mobile, Alabama? No, it's just Like little kinda, squirrel gangs running around kinda, with firearms? Weird. I, I yeah, understand, and, and bullets are expensive, so don't go shoot them in the air like that. So <laughs> anyway, hey, let's go right to the email here. I have one All from right. Bert in North Carolina. Uh, it says, my wife wants to make our patio into a fancy outdoor living space with new furniture and an outdoor kitchen. Now, we have enough space, but the concrete itself looks terrible. It's full of little divots and rough places where you can actually see the rocks from the concrete mix. Do we need to just bust it all up and start all over, or can we cover it with something? Well, this is something, Bert, we have dealt with a lot. It's a pretty common problem. And, you know, even though concrete pretty much is a very durable material, over time, once you deal with traffic, weather, chemicals, the surface can lose its luster. But you don't need to bust it all up because the folks at um, Quickrete have made a, project, a product that we've talked about a lot called Recap. And it's designed to solve your problem that you have exactly. So it can be applied as thin as a 16th of an inch or as thick as a half inch. So you not only can really improve the look of the slab, but you can fill in any divot. If you have any um, water drainage issues, you can correct that at the same time. And uh, so, you know, you just simply spread it out over the whole entire patio with a squeegee and it fills in the divots. Now, as it's drying, you can take a, you can make it a, a really good slip-resistant surface by just uh, gently pulling a push broom across the surface, and it'll create what we call a broom finish that you won't slip down. And once it's dry, your patio will look like a brand new slab with consistent color and texture. I've used it a lot; it works really good. And you can find out more by going to Quickrete. Dot com. Another one here we have from, uh, let's see, this is from Jim in Arkansas. I bought a new water softener for my home, and I didn't realize until I went to install it that it was five inches taller than the previous one. What can I do to lengthen the in and out hose that's going into the water softener? There isn't enough pecs there now to make the connection. Boy, that's aggravating when you have something like that. But to extend uh, pecs tubing, you really have to have those crimpers, and a lot of times, so I'm not sure any homeowners that I know that actually have uh, the tools for PEC. So it might be worthwhile to have a plumber to come by, have everything ready to go, and then he can swing by for just a simple service call to extend those PECs piping and do it the right way to where you make sure you don't have any leaks whatsoever. Yeah, that would probably be the way to go. They do make these brass barbed couplings, but you're only adding, what did you say, five inches. So I, I think they're better off instead of dealing with any kind of coupling at all is just replace the entire length. They're only... You know, there's only be two of them. It's only five inches longer. Um, I mean, there's no way to really jack up the water heater. I mean, I'm not sure I'd recommend that if it's sitting comfortably on on the surface there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's time to call on someone and just replace 
How long would he be there? Half an hour, you know, at the most. Hey, when we come back, if you've sent us an email during this past week, we're probably going to answer the questions that you have. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Custom Building Products, the leader in flooring preparation products and tile and stone installation systems. You know, we have one of the best radio audiences in the world. We have so many great people in the Today's Homeowner community that we talk with all the time. We get emails all the time. They're on the radio all the time. We've gotten some fantastic emails recently here after me announcing my retirement. I really appreciate each and every one of those uh, very special emails that I've been been getting, and uh, I appreciate those. If you'd like to send one um, or ask any question or send us an email, you can do so by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. This one came in from Anita in Tennessee. said, I had a 600-square-foot addition put on my home. My now ex-husband picked the contractor. Mm. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's more to that story. Actually, to make a long story short, the floors are uneven. I know houses settle, but I have cracks in the ceiling and walls of the new addition. The big problem is the shower of the master bathroom. In the wintertime, the ceiling separates from the wall, and I can't use the shower because the tiles are cracked in each corner. I don't want to get mold behind the walls. What do I do? How do I fix it? Oh, boy. Well... I, I can see there's a, let's say, a lack of confidence um, here with uh, the, the construction and so forth. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, to a lot of times, uh, fortunately, things look worse than they really are. But to, to make sure there's not an ongoing problem here and something that could end up being a much more serious situation, I think it'd be time to call out a, a structural engineer, one that deals with residential issues all of the time, have them come out. They have been in this position many times. They can come out and look at the fundamental aspects of the addition, how it's tied together, how the roof looks. Uh, certainly the foundation is very important in, in making sure that it's up to par, um, you know, and just to make sure that you're not going to have ongoing problems. And maybe it's just a, let's say, a slight lack of quality in the building that's causing these few little problems. And if you can head them off now uh, with some, you know, structural work or anything that you may do, then it can save you a lot of headaches down the road. But uh, Joe, I'll tell you, it's, uh, you know, all the time we hear about contractors being over their head, just not yep. just not knowing how to do the proper work. And maybe they're the low bidder, which a lot of times will get people in there on that kind of thing. But uh, boy, it goes back to choosing the right contractor here. If if her ex-husband was involved, not much we can say about that. But um, I think it's time on this situation to get that structural engineer to really give her an evaluation of the property. Yeah, I think he's going to find that she's going to find that the the home was not built to the specs it should have been to the standards and it, the, maybe the whatever supporting it, the foundation is too weak, the joists are too small, the floor joists, something's happening. And she said there's cracks in the shower tiles in the corner. I thought, I thought when I first read it, I thought she was saying the grout joints were cracked in the corner, which wouldn't be that bad. But tiles are cracking. I've never right, heard of yeah. a house settling so much that it's cracking tiles. That That's serious. And she's you know, right. Don't use the shower because if water gets behind there, you don't know what's going to happen. 
and the you know cement backer board may not have been installed properly or um, at all or at all yeah you mm -hmm. know there could be drywall back there so um certainly uh anita we certainly hope um that it's very minor and that you can get any of those concerns behind you i'm not really sure um, you know, hopefully it's not a big, big problem on that. Another email we got, our landscaper was going to cover our backyard in crushed rock, but he never showed up. So I've decided oh, to do geez. it myself. I remember him telling me that he was not going to use black plastic because it's not the best to use, but I don't remember what he said to use. We want to keep the weeds out so that we don't have to redo the yard again. Well, as we mentioned earlier about landscape fabric and weed blocking fabric right. is definitely very worthwhile. You want to grade the ground, make sure there's no vegetation that you can see whatsoever, and then put the um, the fabric down before you spread the crushed rock. And uh, that's going to be your best bet in being able to block out those, those weeds. Now, I did that on my driveway, and I put every square inch of it covered with fabric. I covered it up, and it really worked well for a couple years. Then a couple, something happened with a few weeds here and a few weeds there. Now it's turned into a pretty good battle with uh, with having to put weed killer on it. So um, take your time when you're spreading that. Make sure you cover it. Um, if you overlap it a little bit, not a problem. That's a good thing. And yep. then hopefully you won't have any of those problems uh, again on that. Yeah, I just want to mention one thing that um, she might want to upgrade to a a thicker landscape fabric. The regular landscape fabric is fine for garden beds, but they, what they recommend for under stone is considering moving up to a heavy duty. It's called DOT approved landscape fabric, which of course is Department of Transportation. It's a kind that road crews use and industrial farmers will use. Um, it's about it's about nine times thicker than standard fabric. And it's not terribly expensive. I think I saw last time I priced it a three foot by 300 foot roll was $90. So I don't know, maybe that's, you know, 30% more than you'd spend. But in any case, if you're going to put down crushed stone, especially crushed stone, as opposed to like pea gravel, that's at least round, um, you might want to, homeowners might want to consider stepping up. There's a company called Sandbaggy, it's one word, sandbaggy. I know that's one company that makes a DOT-approved landscape fabric. All right. One more email from Martin in Ohio. Hi, Danny and Joe. I love the show and listen every Saturday on WATH 970 AM. I'm building a garden shed and was going to cover the walls with cedar shingles, but I don't like the idea of having thousands of little pointy nails sticking through on the inside. <laughs> so I'm thinking of install, installing bevel siding instead and just nailing it to the studge, which will be spaced 16 inches apart. <clears throat> that way there won't be any nails showing on the inside. Do you think that'll work? If not, what else can I do? Martin, hmm. I think that'll work fine uh, uh, yeah. to be able to use the beveled cedar siding, nail it right into the studs. You won't have the nails on the inside, and it'll should work just fine. Structurally, it should kind of yeah. help uh, stabilize the building. But however, if you did want to put the um, cedar shakes on the outside, you could consider stapling them with the proper size staples so that it didn't protrude in. And that's just assuming that you have a fairly decent sheathing on there of at least a half inch. 
five-eighths would be better. But um, you can still, um, with a little bit of, uh, of course, I use construction adhesive on almost everything, but a little uh, dab of construction adhesive and a few uh, proper exterior staples, um, you should be in, in great shape. All the staples will be covered with the overlap on the outside, and it should not, if you get the right size, the, the thickness on them, then they should not protrude into the inside at all. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, we have more information for you so that you can have the best-looking house on the block. I'm Danny Lifford, along with my buddy Joe Trelini. We'll be right back. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the show. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. We've gotten a, a lot of great calls on the hotline. We would encourage you to call us anytime. It's available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and that number is 800-946-4420. Let's go back to the hotline and grab another call. I heard a while back, Joe, talking about how to get rid of mold. Well, I don't have any moles, but I do got a problem with armadillos, and I was wondering if you had any recommendations for how to get rid of those. Well, you know, you, you think about how, how, how widespread are armadillos. Uh, I associate them, of course, with, with Texas, you know. Texas and, and Arizona, I guess, Yeah, right? that kind yeah. of thing, you know, that kind of climate. But uh, here in Alabama, um, I don't know how long they've been around, but they're everywhere. I mean, you see them yeah. very regular just when you least expect it. And they root around in the yard a lot and so forth. So I assume they're looking for insects or something like that. But uh, I don't believe we've ever had a um, an armadillo invasion no. call here. So, uh, yeah. so Joe, what, what what do you think on this? I mean, I know you're you're a pro at a lot of things, and I assume that you're you're pretty savvy <laughs> about armadillo extraction. Yeah, we don't have a lot of armadillos here in Connecticut. I met a guy <laughs> once who looked like an armadillo, but he wasn't bothering anybody, so I let him. I released him to the wild. He's good, one. Good. Um, no, but I think I remember we had this question once before a long time ago when I first joined the radio, and I, I remember this unusual product that works. But first of all, yeah, w- people often think that if you use an herbicide to kill the grubs in your lawn, which is a good way to get rid of moles because moles just eat the grubs, that you'll get rid of the armadillo. But the armadillos don't only eat the grubs, they eat the worms and anything else that's in the ground. So in the herbicide only kills the grubs, not the worms. But in any case, that doesn't usually work. And you could trap, you could of course trap them or relocate them. They're a little tricky to catch. So you have to disguise the trap and hide it someplace, but that might work. But there's a product that we we learned about. It's called whole control, whole like with the W, W-H-O-L-E, whole control. It's essentially just 100% castor oil. And you hook it up to a, a you hook the bottle up to a garden hose and you spray it all over the area. Um, I think one quart covers about four to five thousand square feet. It's effective for up to three or f- two or three months, depending on how much rain you get. And what happens is the armadillos are rooting around eating and they eat some of the castor oil and it causes their digestive system to do like flip flops and, you know, they get sick to their stomach and they they'll move on. It doesn't harm them at all, but they they get stomach sick and they'll move off your property. So that's probably the most um, effective way to get rid of armadillos. Certainly, you don't want to be shooting them or 
trying to you know harm them in any way. You don't use poison because you don't know who else is going to get to the poison. And, and, so. and don't don't kick them. They're pretty soft. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't want to. You don't, don't want to kick them. Yeah. <laughs> Danny had a story about that. Didn't go so well. <laughs> Fortunately, the armadillo is fine. So try that whole control. All right, back to the email stack here. Hope that certainly um, helped on that on that caller to get rid of those pesky things. But uh, you can send us an email if you'd like. Today's homeowner.com slash ask. That's what Andrew in Pittsburgh, PA, did. Hi, Danny. We recently had our master bathroom completely remodeled. We replaced the old single sink vanity with a new five-foot-long double sink vanity. However, we immediately notice that when we turn off the water at the sinks, there's a gurgling sound as the water drains out. At first, I thought one of the uh, sink drains might be clogged, but we heard the gurgling sound from each sink. What causes the sound, and how can we stop it? We've heard this before, Danny. Yeah, that's, that's a, I, I, I would guess... Uh, they are kind of starved for air. That's exactly that, right. That, yeah. that the the venting is not right there, and and maybe it su- was sufficient for the one sink, but then just introducing that extra outlet in there may be causing a problem. And um, so it's kind of hard for a homeowner to install a vent because it's it's kind of tricky to understand how you can install a vent that yeah. will introduce air into the drain line without causing a leak. But, um, you know, I know they have the island vents, so we call them. There's uh, there's another name for it, but we traditionally use it in um, kitchen islands that have sinks there where you can't have a vent going straight up uh, with an open floor plan. So you have the little island vent there. But what else would you recommend um, to Andrew to try to correct this gurgling problem? Yeah, that's exactly right, Dan. It's called the AAV fixture or fitting. It stands for air admittance vent, um, excuse me, valve, air admittance valve, AAV. If you go to any plumbing supply store, they'll, they'll have it for you. And the nice thing is you just install it, cut it into the pipe in the vanity. It's underneath the top of the, the vanity itself, so right inside that cabinet. You don't have to open up the wall or anything like that. Um, and if you're not sure how to do that, you can call a plumber. It wouldn't take him more than – if it took him a half an hour, he's, 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 he's stretching out the job. So I think the AAV would be the way to go to solve that problem because I'm sure it's a venting problem. Yeah, there's always uh, issues like that, that sometimes you do a little remodeling project and it causes other um, issues like that. But this one should be a real simple one for you to solve. Hey, coming up, it's simple solution time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluid Master. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. And welcome back to the show where it's time for our Simple Solution segment brought to you by my buddy Joe Truini. Joe, what do you have this week? All right, Danny, when drilling large diameter holes in concrete or brick or stone, any masonry material like that, and large holes, I'm talking about like maybe half inch and larger, um, uh, you can save a lot of time, make it a lot easier by starting with a small bit like maybe an eighth inch diameter or quarter inch diameter bit. And of course, we're talking about a carbide tip masonry bit. Don't try using anything else because you'll ruin the bit. So get it. And by the way, when you buy bits of any sort, especially carbide tip masonry bits, the masonry bits can be kind of expensive, buy a set. 
They come in sets as small as four or five bits. It's much more economical. And you're going to need that for this tip because what you want to do is then use progressively larger bits until you create the desired hole. So like I said, you start with an eighth inch, a quarter inch, then you keep moving up and up and up. And what you're doing, of course, is you're removing less material with each hole with each bit you're using until the hole's large enough. And this tip is particularly useful if you don't have a hammer drill. If you have a hammer drill, you might be able to blast through any size hole, but the average homeowner, there's really no need to own a hammer drill because you wouldn't be using it that often. And yes, you can drill a hole in concrete with a regular drill, electric drill, or regular cordless drill. Um, but if it's larger than half inch or larger, try this tip. Uh, you know, that's really good. We we showed a homeowner something similar to that uh, years ago. They were so frustrated in trying to hang something on a concrete block wall that they had. That was right. a nice looking wall with stucco on it. And uh, boy, they had drilled and, and stapled and hammered and <laughs> it, it it looked like a, a war around there in that wall. And so we did a little patching, improved the look of it, and then showed them how you progressively drill up like that, which takes a little time. But man, you do that, you get that secured. You don't have to worry about that ever ever again. Hey, I want to uh, tell you about a very special episode of the Today's Homeowner television show that's airing this weekend. It's actually the final show of the 25th season and, to tell you the truth, the final show of Today's Homeowner. But it's a fantastic show on the USS um, Alabama um, battleship and at the Memorial Park there that's located in Mobile, Alabama and Mobile Bay. Uh, we did um, a community service project there with over 100 hardworking volunteers and we did things from, of course, we painted a large part of the battleship. We did a lot of landscaping, a lot of repairs of brick steps. Uh, we put lots and lots of lights on a B-52 bomber, LED lights, of course, and a lot of other things you'll have to see this very very special episode. And yes, I did say it's the last one because uh, I recently announced my retirement and we'll be, um, you know, airing the Today's Homeowner television show uh, through the first week in September. And the Today's Homeowner radio show will continue to the end of the year. After that, Today's Homeowner is not going away. We're just going to um, focus on our streaming platforms, which are doing extremely well on Roku, Zumo, Tubi, Freebie, Pluto, you'll still be able to see um, over 550 episodes of the show. And of course, checking in. Well, Chelsea will continue. Our social media will continue. Today's homeowner.com will continue. So again, we're not going away. We're just kind of dialing it back a little bit so that I can catch as many fish as Joe Truini <laughs> catches. That's, that's what I mean. You have to retire in order to do that. You have to concentrate <laughs> full time. I got to go full time to try to keep up with that guy. Um, but, but we're going to have a lot of fun and 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 plow right through everything and and still we want to help you with anything um, that you're um, dealing with around your home uh, and then we'll continue with a, a lot of information beyond this year but but uh, you know what to do anytime you can uh, send us an email if you'd like to today's slash ask or you can um, um, give us a, a call on the hotline at any time 800 946 44 I'm Danny Lifford, along with my buddy Joe Truini. We really appreciate you uh, watch, uh, listening to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show this week. And we appreciate our producer, engineer, Corey Wilson, and the whole Today's Homeowner family. Hoping you have a fantastic weekend and a fantastic week. We'll see you soon.